15.7, and that little piece there is missing in mine, but it's got to do with abiding in me and my words abide in you. And then you can ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. And that is so important when it comes to our prayer life, our prayer life, our prayer life. But we're going to see, we'll probably get into the part next week where prayer and praise work together. And I will have to say, it's becoming a greater revelation in me, the importance of praise. The importance of praise and seeing the things that God has for you manifest. I think, I, I, I know, I believe that, I, I just keep, um, I believe that there, is new, there are things coming. I can't see exactly what they are, but things are going, are going to be different this next year. And, um, uh, and that means the church needs to be different too. And so we're moving that way. We're moving that way in praise and worship. That's the, the big thing right now, I believe, that the Lord wants to shift our church into. And I said that a couple of weeks ago about we're right here. There's this big crevice here, and this is where we need to be. But we are, we are moving this way. We are, we are filling in that gap, and we're moving this way. If that, means, if that means we do more of this on Sunday morning, then we will. You know? But, but we, we really need to get to this place where everybody is worshiping and singing a song to the Lord and welcoming his presence and ministering to him. That's the big thing. We sang songs in church before, but we're usually singing kind of like a concert type thing. We're singing a couple of songs, then we sit down, then we stand up, and then we sing a couple more songs or whatever we do. But we need to come to a place where we're ministering to the Lord. That's what we're coming here to do is ministering to him. He loves it. He loves us. We love him. He loves us. He meets the needs. He ministers to us meeting the needs. Now, you can have that in your own personal prayer time, your own personal worship time with him, where he comes and he meets your needs. But you know, in that, um, um, 13 acts 13, it talks about, you know, where they, um, they were praying and they were ministering to the Lord and then it goes and the Lord spoke. Oh, let's just go there. Okay. Lord, we'll just go there. Acts 13. Um, I got you in John, but you can hold your finger there. Whether we come back to it or not, I don't know. But acts 13, Oh, let's see. Yeah, it's the first part here. It says, um, now there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barabbas and Simeon, who was called Niger and Lucas, Lucas of Serene and men, <laughs> I'm murdering these, who have been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord, they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they went, they were sent out. So, so the minister, they ministered to the Lord and the Lord spoke. They ministered to the Lord and the Lord spoke. And you've heard me talk about that. You know, when, when we are praising and worshiping, the Holy Spirit comes in. And, and he did that this morning. There was some needs that were met, but it was done through an area of worship and praise. There wasn't too many, uh, wasn't, there was a little bit of speaking that was done. 
But just because if I laid hands on you and I was singing and praying in spirit, doesn't mean there wasn't anything going on. You were being ministered to at that time. Those of you that I did that to. Okay? The Lord was ministering to you and bringing a difference in your um, heart, in your mind, your soul area. Okay? But anyway, back to ministering to the Lord. When we minister to the Lord, he speaks. And so that's where, that's where we're at. When we spend time with him, we're going to hear stuff from him. We're going to hear him talk to us and encourage us. He's going to show you plans, things to come. That's what he said he would do. Isn't that correct? And he would lead us and guide us into all truth. Isn't that what he said? So when we, we come into a place of uh, prayer and praise, they just work together. That's what Wednesday nights is about. Um, we come in here and we worship and we praise. And I'm praying my prayer language at the same time. It's not just do a little of this one and do a little of this one and do a little of this one. I, I'm led by the Spirit as to what I do. If I worship, I worship. If I praise, I praise. If I pray in my prayer language, if I look up a scripture verse, it's all part of spending time in the presence of the Lord and ushering him in. Amen? Does that make sense to everybody? So that's what we, I really believe that's where we're headed right now. Because the more we minister to him, he loves that. He wants to love on you. He wants to bless you. He wants to meet every need that you have. And that's exactly what he came to do this morning because we were ministering to him. It wasn't just singing some songs, but it was ministering to him and loving on him because of who he is. Like the song said, gratitude. It was because we are so thankful. You know, I was thinking about how this, this, we should just have an attitude of gratitude. We should just always be thankful. In whatever situation we're in, we should be thankful. We're not thankful for sickness and disease. I'm not saying that. We're praising God and thanking him because he sent Jesus to take that on the cross. We're thanking him for healing in our bodies. We're thanking him for all of our needs met. We're thanking him that we are been delivered from a bondage of fear. We're thanking him for that. We're not thanking him because we're in fear. We're thanking him that we're free from fear. Amen. Are, are we free from fear? That's right. We are free from fear. Okay, let's see, let's go. Now, um, John fifteen seven talks about the word abiding, and I was just trying to see where the Lord wants to go with this, but um, there's different kinds of prayer, and I'll just start with that. There's different kinds of prayer. We're not talking about all the kinds of prayer there are, because I want to get to the, the prayer of casting the care on the Lord. Next week, we're going to hit the, the prayer of praise and worship. <laughs> Does that make sense? But there's... there's um, the prayer of faith, and then there's the prayer of, of consecrating where Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done when he was in the garden. Um, prayer of agreement where two or three agree upon touching anything, it shall be done. And that prayer of agreement has to be based upon the word of God. I can't agree with you to find a different husband. I can't agree with you on that. I can't agree with you to go rob a bank to get mo- lots of money. Amen. I can't agree on that. Amen. You understand what he meant? Yeah, I can't agree on that. To go rob a bank and get money. But I can agree that all your needs are met. Amen. Amen. I can agree that that um, Jesus Christ has paid the salvation, the price for salvation for everybody. And I can agree that that is done because we've come together in agreement on that. Amen. Amen. I can agree 
that you haven't been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a mind. I can agree upon that and rebuke that spirit of fear. Amen? Amen. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's see. Um, so casting the care upon the Lord. Let's go to 1 Peter 5, 7, please. 1 Peter 5, 7. We'll start there. And I'm going to read that out of the Amplified. Okay. Casting the whole of your care. And and why I want to focus on this for a little bit, because it's important. It's important to hit that area because that area is probably the biggest stumbling block in, in, in um, our prayers coming to manifestation. We tend to be programmed to be in care and anxiety and fear. You know, care and anxiety is always fear-based. It's always fear-based. If you think about it, if you're in care and anxiety, you're fearful about something. And so, so that stops us right there. It can hinder you from even coming to God the Father and talking to him about the situation. It will even stop you there. And, or you may get a prayer out and then all of a sudden you see something that is not lining up with the word of God. It makes you anxious and careful. And then you, your prayer gets relayed. Is that right? Relayed. Anyway, verse, verse 7 again. No, I mean 5. Um, 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Casting the whole of your care. That doesn't mean, that means the whole of it. You don't just give him part of it. I'm going to hang on to this part because I think I can make this part work. You don't hang on to any of it. You cast the whole of the care upon the Lord. <laughs> and I, I will tell you from my own experience, that is not the easiest thing to do. There's times in the past where I've had to cast the care Probably 10 times in five minutes because I found myself picking it up. And I wasn't as knowledgeable in the word at that time, I will have to say too. I didn't know how much God loved me. I didn't know how much he said he never leave or forsake me. I didn't realize that, that he's right here with me, walking me through every situation. I didn't realize that he would lead me and guide me into all truth about every situation. Amen. I didn't realize that, but I've grown a lot in those areas because I've meditated on the word in those areas. So now when I cast the care, I know he cares for me and he's going to take care of it. See, if I don't get rid of the care, if I don't give it to him, he cannot do anything with it. He can't take, he can't work with it, the situation. You have to give it to him. And if you turn around, you give it to him, you turn around and in five seconds, there's a thought going through your mind. Well, I don't know if that's going to work. I better go over here and I'll call Susie and talk to Susie about it. Well, whose care is it again? It's my care, isn't it? Because I started thinking, I can't do it. 
And right there you realize if you can't do it and you're going to call Susie, well, then God's not going to do it either. And see, we have to know that God is big enough. Even when David came against um, Goliath, David knew who his God was. David knew that he was Lord. And it didn't matter how big the circumstance was. It didn't matter how big Goliath was. It didn't matter that Goliath had this big long spear and he had another guy that was carrying the shield in front of him and then he was, what, 10 foot tall. It didn't matter to David because he says, I serve a big God. So we serve a big God, don't we? If you don't know that when you come to your to prayer, especially praise, which we'll talk about next week, if you don't know that, how are you ever going to get your prayers answered? Because if you don't know you serve a big God, then you're going to end up thinking, I got to take care of this. And you're going to end up not being as Hebrews, Hebrews, was it? Hebrews talks about coming into a place of rest. We need to come into that place of rest. When we cast the care upon the Lord, and you've done this, if you've ever done that, you cast the care upon the Lord, there is so much peace with it. Amen? There is so much rest with it that we don't want to pick up the rest. We don't want to pick up the care again because then we we, uh, don't have that peace. We don't have that rest. And it's in that place of rest that God can move and do something about it. And you know what? It doesn't matter if we don't see it happening in two minutes. You know, some people go and complain. I didn't get my hamburger in five minutes. Well, what was on your hamburger? <laughs> anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> we do we do, do that. Anyway, I don't do that, but <laughs> some people do. But 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 see we we've got to cast the care on the Lord and give it to him. If we don't give it to him, he can't do anything with it, okay? I just want to make sure that you understood that. So let's look at Philippians four six now. Philippians four six. And again, that's gonna be out of the amplified. And I this is probably one of my favorites. Um, in dealing with, with your thought life as well. But that's not what we're talking about today. Um, four, six. Okay. Do not fret. How many of you have done that in those twenty four last 24 hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to raise your hands? Zach back there doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, there, there's situations and circumstances every minute of every day that we can choose to fret or we can choose to believe that God's bigger in this situation. Amen. Do not fret and have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving. Now, there comes the thanksgiving, the praise in there, Okay. Like I said, we'll hit that more next week. With Thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And then God's peace will be yours. That tranquil state of soul, assured of its salvation through Christ. And so um, fearing nothing from, from God and content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. That peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison or guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The peace. See, you know, and I've told you this before. When you're in a place of peace, when you've given it all to the Lord, and you're in a place of peace, that's when you'll hear 
what you're supposed to do about this situation. See, if we're always working everything with our mind, which we do a lot, because it goes on to talk about the thoughts. Think on only these things, things that are good, things that are praiseworthy. And those things that you're thinking on are going to help keep you in that place of peace. And see, Paul goes on in verse 9 and talks about practice. Practice thinking on the right things. If your thoughts are thinking on a negative thing about a person, if your thoughts are thinking on a, uh, an attitude against somebody, is that a praiseworthy thing to be thinking on? If your thoughts are thinking about lack and not having enough finances to meet a bill, I mean, that's a very real thing, more so for people now. If your thoughts are on that, is your thoughts on God? Is there peace in your heart? See, God said he would meet every need that you had. You know, um, I've told, you know, about the time frame where we, we would only, we bought that we were buying the building, but the money that came in always went to pay for the building, never went to meet our needs. So sometimes there was only like $300 that we would have to live on, two kids. And, and um, um, I, I think, I think the house, one one of the houses was paid for. But anyway, in that time frame, there's nothing to do except praise God and thank him for meeting the need. You know, and I can remember one time we go to the mailbox and there was $100 in the mailbox. Another time, I had a girlfriend years ago that I had several <laughs> that I loaned money to. And, you know, the Bible says... Uh, if you loan, don't expect to receive it back, you know? And so um, I had loaned money out, and I, I was not going to have any animosity between me and that girl. They had left town. They had moved away. And I thought, and she, we were very good friends when I worked at Fisher's. And we stayed, remained friends even when they moved the first time. But anyway, it was really interesting because I, I really, I had to let go of it and cast the care on the Lord, because I had loaned her um, $1,000. I loaned her $1,000. You know, that kind of stuff kind of wants to, no, 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 you shouldn't have done that. What'd you do that for? You don't, you're never going to get it back. You're never going to. And I had to keep putting that down and casting the care on the Lord and standing against that loosing love and not being, um, not being offended or not being fearful or not being hurt. And I don't remember the time frame, but do you know, she, she came to my door. They had come back to town. She came to my, it must have been maybe six months, a year. And she wrote me a check for $1,000. And so, you know, God does meet your needs, but you have to do. There's always the God side and the man side. God's side says to cast the care upon the Lord because he cares for you. That's the man side, I'm sorry. But God said he'll meet every need that we have. Amen. But we always have to do something. There's always something that we have to do. We don't have to run out and steal the money or do or go knock on their door. We don't have to do that because God said he'd fight for us. Amen. But we can walk in love with these people and we can bless them. You know, we can do what we um, he talks in the word to do. Amen. Amen. So casting the care. Um those cares and anxieties will trip us up, but but they are those are fear based, 
And I think it was Zach was saying that we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. That's in 2 Timothy 1, 7. God hasn't given us fear, but he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? Okay, so we become uh, fearful, anxious, or fretful, careful, um, because we don't believe how big our God was. You know, that could have been a whole different story with uh, David if he looked at the circumstances and says, and that's what all of Israel was doing. They were looking at the giant and David come, he come bringing food and he goes, what, what are you guys doing? Are you afraid of that? Isn't God, isn't God your Lord or however he said that. And in any way they got ticked at him or his brother did. And so but he says, I'll go up against this giant. He's no different than a bear and a lion. I'll go up against him. And so, and so he did. And, and God was with him. Do you think that God didn't help that rock hit him right here when he had all that armor on? Huh? God's a good God. He's for us. He's not against us. Amen. Okay. So, um, I want us to look at, um, Hebrews 13, five, please. Hebrews 13, five. And again, this is helping us believe that God is big enough and he is for us. 13, five says, let your character be free from the, oops. Yeah. 13, five. Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. Amen. Um, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, um, again, that's one that talks about we must believe that he is. And if we believe that he is, then he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So in our time of prayer and in our time of, of worship, we are seeking him. Because we believe that he is and that he's going to reward us, reward us. So, um, you know, in your prayer and praise time, you never, ever want to think about, well, I didn't hear anything from the Lord tonight. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean beans or this morning. You don't ever want to think about, hmm, I didn't get anything. Well, don't say that because you can walk out that door and it'll pop a revelation in your head just that fast. Or you can walk, you can get in your car and drive home and he'll show you what you need to do to change the situation. You don't ever say, I didn't get anything. Because if you've spent time in the presence of the Lord, you've gotten love, you've gotten minister to, and you've gotten something that he knows you have a need. See, the Holy Spirit is the need meter. So when we come and spend time in his presence, he's looking to meet the needs that you have. Every need that we have. Amen? Every need. And so... um, Okay, let's look at Isaiah 41.10. This is, and then um, I think we'll go to my, uh, one of my favorite, favorite stories to close in here. 41.10 says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that, that's almost amazing. I think we need to get that memorized, basically. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do you, do you believe right now that he's with you? I mean, we welcomed his presence here. But when you walk out that door, he's with you. When you get in your car, he's with you. 
When you drive to Tulsa, he's with you. When you're in Tulsa, he's with you. He is with you. Amen. He said he would never leave you or forsake you. When you go to sleep at night, did he leave you then? Huh? When you go to sleep at night, he's there. When you wake up and the enemy wants to torment you about some dumb thing, well, you torment him back and say, God said he'd never leave me or forsake you. So God's here. He's going to annihilate you right now in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You, you, don't, you don't put up with his shenanigans because he hasn't got any power. Remember, he has been stripped of his power. The enemy has been stripped of his power and you have the power. And you have the authority. And you tell him to get out in Jesus' name. You tell him, I'm going to sleep. I've had to do that many times. I've had to say, ah, mind shut up. We're going to sleep. We're going to sleep. That's what we're going to do. And I just shut it off and go to sleep. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Okay, so let's, let's read that again. I think that is so good. Do not fear. That's a, that's a, he's telling you, do not fear. I am with you. Do not, do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. If you want to think, oh, I can't do this. I, I just can't. I can't go out. You know, I couldn't go out. And, and when I was in middle school, I was in 4-H, and I had to get out, had to go out and do these demonstrations. And we did a flower arranging demonstration, me and another girl. I'll tell you, it was just tough for me to get out there in front of people and talk. That was really tough. And, and, and see, that makes me think of that. You know, when you get out there, you want to look around and you look at, and still now I can look at people's faces and I'm on the inside of me. I want to run the other way, you know, because, because, you know, what you guys, what you guys, if I can see you're receiving, it just encourages me anymore, more and more. But if I can, if I don't see that, I have to jump over it. You know what I mean? And so, so it still happens. There's still a place there where you can't look around. You can't look at the circumstance. You can't look at the situation. Like I said, David cannot, he could not look at the giant. He could not look at the giant or he would not have been able, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about looking in the, in the soul, the soul area looking. He was looking with his spiritual eyes and he saw, he already saw the defeat of the giant. You know what I mean? He already knew the giant was defeated. But see, when we look at a circumstance, we look at it with our soulish. Oh, I don't know. That's a pretty big mountain. I don't, I don't know that I can do that. You know, we tend to look that way. Instead of we need to look at the situation through our spiritual eyes, what we know the word to have said. And God said he didn't give you a spirit of fear. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Amen? So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously, anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do you know the Holy Spirit, one of his um, characteristics is to strengthen? And uh, another one is to uh, help us. So we have those. We have that already resident within us because he is our help. He is our strengthener. He's our intercessor. He's our comforter. He's our standby. He's all those things. The Holy Spirit is. He wants to help us. So God said he will, he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. Okay. Um, let's look at Joshua. Well, hmm. um, 
Let's go to Second Chronicles, please. Second Chronicles 20. Oops, there it is. Second Chronicles 20. And we'll, we'll skip Joshua. You know, Joshua had to, took him into the promised land. That's a whole other thing, a situation that we could have talked about. But, you know, God, whenever he came with a message, whether he sent Gabriel or whoever, he, he, they never came with a message of fear. They never came with fear. God never tells us anything that's, that's fearful. God doesn't talk to us. If fear comes to your door, it's not from God. God always comes to bring encouragement. He always comes to give you truth. He always comes to help. Um, see, and I, and another thing I wrote down here, troubles come to everybody. Everybody deals with situations. Um, but it's what you believe about that situation that will make a difference whether you have the victory or you have the defeat. It's what you believe that will bring the victory or the defeat. Amen. Okay, Second Chronicles twenty, and and this is this is about Jehoshaphat. And I okay, and I'm I am going to go through this so we can we'll probably pick up some of this next week. But verse three, we'll just skim it, and then we'll talk a little bit more next week. And Jeho, starting with verse three, and Jehoshaphat was afraid because of this multitude that was coming against him, and a multitude. This was a multitude that was way way big. And Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to the multitude. Huh? No? Uh, hmm. See, I got my Bible marked up pretty good in this place. Think I got that wrong? (laughs) And Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord. You know what? The faster we can do that, the quicker we'll have our answer. I used to, in the past, I used to wallow in the situation. And I, I would call and talk to people. I'm not saying you, you can't do that. I'm not saying that at all. Because I still will call and get counsel somewhere. But And Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord. But the Lord is the one that knows what's going on in the situation. And proclaimed, he proclaimed a fast throughout all, all Judah. So Judah, look at this, Judah gathered together. Jehoshaphat just wasn't by himself, but Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. They came together. They, they, they even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. I think, that's, I think that's awesome to see that they all came together to seek the Lord. Amen. Let's jump down here to verse 6. Oh, Lord, now here in this, he's, he's exalting the lordship of Jesus. I mean, he's exalting the Lord. Oh, Lord, the God of our fathers, art thou not God in the heavens? Art, and art thou not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in thy hand so that no one can stand against thee. Uh, basically, praising and worshiping is what he's doing there, okay? Verse 7, didst thou not... Oh, our God, drive out the heavens. And then he's remembering the things that God has done. And that's what we need to do. God has done stuff for each one of us before. But isn't it interesting? We forget that when we come into a tough situation. We forget that God delivered us before. And if God delivered us before, is he going to stop doing it the next time you come into a tough spot? No, he's going to continue to do that. 
Okay, let's look down here. I think I've got verse 9. Um, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before thee, for thy name is in this house, and cry to thee in our distress, and thou will hear and deliver us. So they were going to pray. They knew that God would hear and God would deliver us. Um, and now let's go on to verse 11. Behold, now they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out. And, and see, the enemy was coming to take them away from the, what they had already received, from their possession. Like in Psalms, it t- tells us to bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of the benefits. Well, this enemy was coming to take them away from their possessions, which they had been given as an inheritance. Verse 12, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. They didn't know what to do, but what? Their eyes were on who? The circumstance? Who were their eyes on? Jesus. But their eyes were on thee. And all Judah was standing before, all of Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Amen? Okay, I mean, I could just go down and read straight through all this. It's just all good. Um, Verse 15 now. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants. And and the Spirit of God moved in and and this young man spoke. Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear. See, the fear was coming. The Lord had to tell him to stop fearing because the fear was coming to keep them from receiving their victory. You see that? Okay, he said, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. So even the battle belonged to, to God. They still had to go do something. They had to do what God instructed them to do. Tomorrow, verse 16, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of um, Jeruel. Um, Verse 17, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear. Again, the, the instruction came, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them. The Lord is with you. So they still had to go out and face the enemy. They still had to walk in love, if you want to put it that way. Whatever your situation is, what you're doing, whatever your situation is, you still had to face the circumstance. But God was with you. And it was his battle. So you continued to walk it out. You continued to know that he was with you. He said he'd never leave you or forsake you. And he's got the answer. He's got the answer. Verse 8. And Jehoshaphat... Uh, bowed his head with his face to the ground after he'd heard the word of the Lord. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord. What were they doing? Worshiping Worshiping the Lord. Worshiping the Lord. God hadn't done anything for him yet. Did you see that? He said, I'll do it tomorrow. But even after they heard the word of the Lord, they knew that they needed to just worship and start worshiping him. And praising him and thanking him because the battle belonged to the Lord. See, in in that, you know, a lot of times we know all of this, 
but we forget to worship and thank him. And then our mind takes over and our mind tells us we need to go do this or we need to go do that. Do you know if he needed to do exactly what the Lord had said to do, but he needed to go do it. So he sent them out and then we'll see next week where there was praisers that went and people were praising, but he bowed his, his head. He bowed his knee or bowed. He bowed and everybody followed suit. Everybody worshiped the Lord. Everybody worshiped the Lord because the battle belonged to him. Amen. So um, we'll talk about this more. Um, well, verse 19, I guess we can read. And the, Levi, and the Levites from the sons of the Kohabites and of the sons of the Kohites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. So some were worshiping, some were praising. And um, very loud voice. Amen. Amen. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you use this word to quicken to us times when we should be worshiping and praising and times when we uh, we yield over to fear so that we can stop being careful and anxious and fearful about situations, but we can put you first place in the situation and give you praise and glory, knowing that you have the battle and it's your job and that we just... Um, bow our heads and worship and praise and give you all the glory and are obedient to do what you tell us to do in Jesus name. We just thank you father for meeting every need that we have and that we make a choice to worship you in every circumstance, in every situation in Jesus name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. So whatever you've got that's bugging you today, that's worrying you that you're concerned about, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to really start putting a lot of these things to work in my life as well. Because I, I, I know I have fallen short in this area myself. So whatever situation you're in, Father, I thank you for meeting that need. Father, I thank you that that, that um, um, person I pray for is saved. I thank you, Father, that that healing belongs to, to me and my family. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Worship and praise him. Thank him when you don't feel like it. Feelings have nothing to do with it. Thank you when you don't see any change. Thank you for meeting the need. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's just lift our hands and just, just tell him thank you. With ever, whatever situation you're in right now, we've all got things we want to change in our lives so we can thank him for it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for meeting the need. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you said. Thank you, Father, that you said. Thank you, Father, that you said. I'm just thanking you, Father. I'm putting you in remembrance, and I thank you, Father, for meeting the need. I thank you, Father, for healing. Thank you, Father, for deliverance. Thank you, Father, for change. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, you're a great God. I worship you and adore you. I love you, Father. I love you, Father. I love you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for growing the church. Thank you, Father, for new people coming in. Thank you, Father, for change. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you're welcome in this atmosphere. You're welcome to bring your... You're welcome, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That people have a heart to change. People have a heart that they hunger. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for meeting every need, every need, every need, every need, every need. Oh, I just thank you, Father. I praise you and I praise you. I worship you. I praise you. I praise you. I thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.